the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program dedicated to helping you heal from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway, and I'm a licensed clinical mental health therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist. But more than that, I'm someone who's been where you are now and has experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It's been a long journey through the path of healing, but I'm here to share with you the insights and the tools that I've gathered along the way. In this podcast, we'll explore the common symptoms that result from experiences with toxic abuse, such as depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and feeling trapped. We'll also delve into the various techniques used by individuals with toxic and manipulative behaviors. But most importantly, I'll provide valuable techniques and practices to aid in the healing process. The healing journey brings us through those long-standing false perceptions that hold us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. It's about healing from dependency, codependency, trauma bonding, and abuse. You don't need to feel trapped anymore. Join me as we explore the path to inner healing and empowerment. This episode is about the benefits of anger. This is an important topic because this comes up a lot with my clients. So many of us who have been through toxic, abusive relationships or have been raised by toxic and manipulative caregivers have been conditioned to not express anger and to actually believe that anger is bad, to be afraid of anger. And we learn to suppress anger. And when you suppress anger, it gets turned inside out onto the self, which turns into guilt. And so we really need to explore the positive aspects of anger and how it can aid, how it can help with the healing process. It's very important. It's all of our emotions are the highest guidance system that we have. And we need to pay attention to them. They are there for a reason. It's not that we need to act on all of them, but we don't want to dismiss them and we don't want to suppress them. We want to understand them. Anger is a protective emotion. It helps us set boundaries. It helps alert us to when we are being violated or imposed on in any way. It alerts us that something might be amiss. So we really do need to pay attention to this. We need to understand that anger is a complex emotion and it can be strong. And it's characterized by feelings of irritation, displeasure, frustration. We feel all of those things. This is natural and instinctual. It is an instinctual response to perceived threats, injustice. We feel, like I said, we feel that frustration, um, other forms of emotional or psychological distress. It can manifest in a a bunch of different ways, including these physiological changes like you might feel your heart rate increase you might feel muscle tension maybe your your hands ball up into fists you might feel some cognitive changes like hostile thoughts or sometimes increased alertness and the behavioral changes like aggressive and confrontational actions and sometimes this happens without our um, consent basically like we can go into this pretty easily if we're triggered, some of us, but then some of us who have been 
you know, conditioned and trained to suppress anger, it really just, like I said before, it turns in on ourselves, doesn't get expressed, but then there's the deep feelings of guilt and shame and other things. But anger can serve as both adaptive and also maladaptive. So this is why we want to kind of sort it out. On one hand, it can motivate you to address problems, assert yourself, set boundaries, and defend yourselves or others in appropriate situations. But on the other hand, if it's not controlled or if it's chronic, it can lead to very negative consequences like damaged relationships and sometimes physical health problems and impaired decision-making. So anger in and of itself is not inherently good or bad. It's how it is expressed and managed and channeled. That's what determines whether it has a positive or negative outcome in a person's life and relationships. Let's look a little closer at the difference between healthy and toxic expressions of anger. First, let's look at the role and benefits that anger plays in our mental well-being and why it's important to acknowledge and validate anger in the healing process. It does carry both uh, positive and negative effects on our mental health. So we want to look at some of the reasons and the potential benefits of the emotion of anger. For one, it can, I mean, it really does help in self-preservation through boundary setting. It helps encourage us to set boundaries. Anger can signal when our boundaries are being violated or when our needs are not being met. And it is an instinctive response our soul senses this and it helps us protect ourselves from the potential threats or harm that might be around us or that might be imposing on us and setting and maintaining healthy boundaries is absolutely number one crucial for maintaining mental and emotional well-being and anger can be a signal that personal boundaries have been crossed so healthy expressions of anger involve calmly and assertively setting and maintaining boundaries without violating the rights or boundaries of others. Saying no is not a bad thing. You can simply say no sometimes. Speaking in the first person, I don't want to, that's not good for me, that's not my policy. There's a number of ways that you can set boundaries without being mean although it might feel mean because it might feel like you're actually being mean when you say no because you've been trained and conditioned to believe that that might be selfish or something like that but it is very healthy to set boundaries um, and advocate for yourself and for your rights um, the uh, another important role that that anger plays is in uh, assertiveness asserting your needs anger can motivate people to stand up for themselves and communicate their needs and opinions assertively expressing anger in a constructive way definitely leads to greater self-confidence and it also leads to healthier relationships because everybody knows where they stand so healthy anger is expressed assertively where individuals communicate their needs their boundaries or their concerns directly and respectfully. They express their anger in a way that is honest, but not aggressive and not confrontational. It might feel confrontational. Again, this might be more conditioning 
you were taught to believe that having boundaries means that either you're bad or you're trying to be confrontational or or difficult or you know some other descriptive word but no it is very healthy to set your boundaries in an assertive way or to state your needs and to communicate what is good for you and what isn't good for you healthy expressions of anger just help with conflict resolution when it's managed appropriately anger can drive us to address issues and conflicts that really do need to be resolved. Differences of opinion, differences of needs. It can be a catalyst, the anger itself, the emotion, can be a catalyst for productive discussions and problem solving if it's managed in a healthy way. Ultimately, this fosters understanding and growth and again, facilitates healthy relationships. The toxicity comes when this communication is missing, when there is no ability to resolve conflict, when anger gets suppressed and then needs aren't expressed honestly or authentically. Another thing, well, anger does is it helps with problem solving. So people who express anger in a healthy way use it as a tool for problem solving. They're driven. They recognize that the anger can highlight the areas where improvements or changes might be needed, and they work constructively to address those issues. And it's emotional awareness is what we're really talking about here. So feeling anger can serve as a signal that something is wrong or causing distress. Let it be a signal. Let it be your information guidance. It encourages us to explore the underlying reasons for these feelings and it prompts us to engage in self-reflection and introspection like "Hmm, why am i feeling this way what is going on here what in my environment might not be right what in my environment might need attention healthy anger doesn't lead to destructive behaviors or emotional outbursts it's not that individuals people can regulate their emotions and their emotional responses which allows them to express anger without harming anybody, without harming themselves, without destroying the relationship, without hurting others. It's just an emotion, but it does need to be accepted and looked at. Anger is an energizing, it is a, you know, a relatively high energy emotion. It can provide the energy and the motivation that is needed to take action in challenging situations. It is the fuel. It can fuel determination to make positive changes in your life or in society. So it is like if you accept it and you understand it, it's a release of sometimes other pent up emotions. So experiencing anger in a healthy way allows for the release of other pent up emotional tension that might be underneath that leading to leading to a sense of relief and it is cathartic so go ahead and let that out because there might be sadness or pain underneath the anger a lot of times anger is hiding other more painful and more disturbing emotions which will reside in you until some of this is cleared out and that's definitely not good none of that is good because then we kind of go around and that that contributes to our operating system as well. 
and it causes, it just perpetuates, it causes shame and then more guilt and then just on and on. So we, this is why it's really important to acknowledge and understand our emotions. It builds resilience and adaptation. So navigating anger and learning how to navigate anger and its associated challenges contributes to the development of emotional resilience. So learning to manage and cope with anger, it enhances and our regulation skills, our emotional regulation skills, and it leads to greater adaptability in other life circumstances. So we get really good at this. And it increases our social awareness because by recognizing our own anger and understanding how it affects us, we can develop a deeper sense of empathy and compassion for others who are also experiencing strong emotions. And sometimes that can be helpful. Another benefit to anger is creativity along with problem solving. Anger can prompt us to think outside the box and explore alternative solutions to issues that maybe trigger our emotions. It can lead to innovative problem solving strategies. And of course, with this and with introspection comes personal growth. So anger really can help with personal growth, emotional and spiritual evolvement. Because with introspection and a willingness to learn, anger can be the catalyst Again, the energy for the personal growth and transformation. If the energy isn't there, then it, nothing's going to move forward. So it provides an opportunity for us to address some of the underlying beliefs and thought patterns that might contribute to our emotional responses. Without looking at it, we're not going to make any progress. So these are some of the positive aspects. But we do need to look at the um, unchecked or excessive anger, the potential problems. We need to look at some of the negative consequences. We have to understand this entirely. Under, understanding that anger is a powerful emotion and it does have the potential to do some damage. It can damage relationships, physical property, physical health, um, emotional distress, all kinds of things. So we have to learn the, we have to learn about all aspects of it and learning the healthy ways to express anger versus the unhealthy way, or at least looking at it, learning how to manage and how to cope with anger. All of this is essential for maintaining well-being, mental and emotional and even physical well-being. So some of the toxic expressions of anger, some of the things that we want to be aware of is aggressiveness. We want to be a we want to be assertive, but not aggressive. The difference is, I mean, profound. Assertive is you are just stating facts. You are talking about your needs and your boundaries. You're not doing it in a mean way. You're not trying to bully anybody. You're not doing it with any bad intention. You're just simply stating what you feel. You feel anger about something and you are converting that into information. Aggressiveness is very toxic and toxic anger manifests in so many destructive ways. It, it does manifest as aggression, yelling, screaming, physical violence, threats, even manipulation that is covert. It is an attempt to control and intimidate others rather than communicate and resolve issues. 
So go back to the intention always. What is your intention? Are you intending to destroy somebody? Are you intending to hurt somebody? Or are you intending to resolve a problem or state the obvious or speak your truth? This is how you know the difference with your own actions. And this is how you can tell the difference when others are doing this. And there's passive aggression, which is what I was saying before. Some people express anger more indirectly. It's still a very unhealthy way to express anger, but they do it through passive aggressive behaviors such as sarcasm or backhanded compliments or statements that are disguised as jokes, which are meant to put people down or the silent treatment or stonewalling. But They're avoiding direct confrontation, but they're still, their intention is to hurt or manipulate or control. So always go back to the intention. What does your heart tell you? And there's so many reasons that we don't want to repress anger. We want to understand it. Let's look at some of the psychological and the physiological effects of repressed or suppressed anger. Repressed anger is known as bottled up or long-term suppressed anger. And they can both have psychological and physiological effects that are damaging. Repressed anger is unconscious and it involves pushing this anger down into the subconscious. And this is what happens when we become conditioned to not express anger. It's not, it's really happening outside of our awareness. It's happening because of the the brain's protective system and the rules that it's set up. So this this is why we want to bring it to the conscious awareness. We want to look at it. We want to take it out and look at it and understand what is happening. So this can result in negative long-term effects. Suppressed anger, on the other hand, is a conscious choice to control the expression of anger. This is when we're aware of it and we might be, and sometimes it might be more socially acceptable to actually suppress your anger as a way to manage it in certain situations. So, but it's conscious, so it's not happening without your awareness. But both repressed and suppressed anger can have negative consequences if it's not addressed, if it's not managed in healthy ways. Repressed anger is a psychological process. And this occurs when someone unconsciously pushes their anger down, happens when you become programmed through repeated experiences and your nervous system, everything about you understands that expressing anger will result in negative consequences. So it it, it takes over and it reprograms and it involves suppressing and burying anger as a defense mechanism to avoid those negative consequences. It could be conflict, could be rejection, stonewalling, abandonment, some display of victimization or any number of tactics that people use to keep you from expressing anger so that they can continue doing something that they want to do. It's unconscious. Repressed anger is typically not consciously acknowledged by the person that is experienced. They're not even aware that they're doing this because the protective part of the brain and the nervous system has taken over. But the way that you might know what's going on is you might feel your your throat tighten up, your heart rate might increase. So the body is going to give you some clues. You might feel shaky. These are all fight, flight, and freeze responses due to the activation of the alarms 
in the programming of the nervous system that holds these beliefs. You might not be aware of your own anger. You might only experience it directly through these physical symptoms, sometimes headaches, sometimes stomach issues, sometimes through your own passive aggressive behavior. So we want to bring this into the awareness and look at it. It has long-term effects. It can lead to emotional and psychological issues, increased stress, anxiety, depression, panic attacks. It might also um, manifest in new behaviors like passive aggressive or sudden outbursts of rage when the suppressed anger finally surfaces. And none of these are like desirable behaviors. None of us want this. This is why it's important to look at it and go, where is this coming from? But so addressing this and looking at it sometimes requires therapeutic intervention like talk therapy or counseling and sometimes journaling can help. But the goal is to identify and process this hidden anger and learn to develop healthier ways to express it and manage it. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person at all. None of this is your fault. This Your body is doing what your body needs to do. Your protective system is taking over. It's just up to us to try to pull this out and look at it and go, oh wait, this isn't what I want, or that's not what I meant. Because it's not even who you really are. Learning and realizing that we all have a choice on whether to do this work or not. That's the difference. So if you're willing to do this work and you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to figure things out, that means that you're willing to do this work. That is the, that's, this is the goal right here. It's much easier to just ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. And this is what you're going to find in people that are very toxic. So that's the difference between you and somebody that's very toxic. Suppressed anger, the um, psychological process here is that it involves a conscious effort to control and contain anger. This isn't quite the same because you're aware of it. So people that are aware of their anger, but they choose not to express it, maybe because they are making a conscious decision not to. They might do this to try to maintain social harmony or avoid conflict, but they're doing it consciously because they believe that it's the most appropriate way to handle the situation. It's a conscious choice. People who suppress anger, they might do it because they've learned that expressing it in certain situations is counterproductive, but they're consciously learned this. They haven't suppressed it so long that it becomes repressed and part of the unconscious. And, but it is, if you don't ever look at it, it can be counterproductive. So you want to look at it. Short-term control. It gives us short-term control. Suppressed anger can be a healthy way to manage anger in the short term. It allows us to avoid immediate confrontations that might be more damaging. And it allows us to think through responses more rationally. But it should not really be a long-term strategy. So we do want to pull that out at some point and look at it. This is where the work comes in, doing the introspection. There is a potential for communication here. Individuals who suppress their anger, they're going to have the opportunity to communicate their feelings and their concerns in a more constructive manner once they've processed their emotions. Sometimes we need to sleep on it. So 
Um, this really can lead to actually healthier conflict resolution. But we just don't want to keep doing that over and over and stuffing it down and just pretending it never happened. We do really need to address it even on our own sometimes. Because when people consistently suppress their anger rather than expressing it in healthy ways, it leads to repressed anger and, a, and, and also a range of those negative consequences. The consequences include psychological effects, increased stress, um, chronic stress if it's not addressed, constant state of tension and anxiety. You know, obviously this can contribute to other anxiety disorders. And if we're, you know, running on anxiety, high anxiety levels for a long period of time, our energy resources get depleted, which ultimately can lead to depression. Some of the other psychological effects, resentment. Nobody wants to walk around with resentment. That's a very low form of energy, a very low level energy. And if it festers over time, if unexpressed anger festers over time, this is going to lead to resentment, which can, again, damage relationships, um, lowers your energy level, and you become bitter and hostile. And if you're operating at a low level energy, things aren't going to go well for you. It leads to low self-esteem because you ultimately feel powerless and unheard. This erodes self-esteem and self-worth over time. You might perceive yourself as unable to even assert your, your needs or your boundaries, which is subconsciously telling yourself that you don't have value. So there's a whole nother ripple effect there that we want to avoid by, um, actually processing and looking at and examining all of our emotions. It leads to emotional detachment. We, we end up wanting to detach from everybody and isolate ourselves because we, we no longer trust or feel connected or feel like, uh, you know, we're going to make a difference anyways. So it makes it difficult for us to connect with others on an emotional level. And that's really the only true connection there is anyways. And also, like I said before, it leads to passive aggressive behavior. Instead of expressing anger directly or in a healthy way, people just tend to resort to passive aggressive behavior out of fear. And this includes subtle acts of sabotage and nonverbal cues, but they're trying to convey their message of anger indirectly because they're afraid of conflict or whatever they're afraid of. And, um, that's, you know, that does not lead to healthy relationships at all. So that's certainly, we don't like being around other people that are passive aggressive. And we want to make sure that we're not doing that either. And some of the physiological effects, increased blood pressure, holding on to anger. It's an energy. It, can, it increases the blood pressure and the heart rate. And this can, you know, lead to hypertension and risk of all kinds of cardiovascular problems. It leads to digestive issues. It affects the digestive system, um, like indigestion, IBS. It causes headaches, muscle tension, all of this stuff. Physical discomfort, direct result of holding on to anger. A weakened immune system. Anger takes up a lot of energy. So this prolonged stress so this prolonged holding on to this repressed anger can weaken the immune system and make us more susceptible to illnesses and infection it leads to sleep problems obviously unresolved anger is still going to fester 
and especially during our sleep and cause racing thoughts and more anxiety, which leads to, I mean, even a more weak immune system, insomnia, all kinds of things. So obviously you can see how that this increases the risk of all of that kind of stuff, plus mental health disorders. Ongoing suppression of anger contributes to the development or exasperation of mental health conditions, including depression and anxiety, and even um, PTSD and other kind of mental health disorders, even like personality disorders, because over time you learn negative and unhealthy ways of expressing anger instead of directly expressing anger. It can lead to chronic pain. Sometimes people experience chronic pain, such as fibromyalgia or tension-related pain. And this could be result, you know, as a result of repressed anger and, and all this stress and all this negative energy that hasn't been allowed to be examined, felt, and expressed and do its job. So why is anger an appropriate and valid response to toxic abuse or how can it be a valid and, and uh, appropriate response to toxic abuse? Well, for one, violation of boundaries. Toxic abuse often involves a complete disregard for somebody's boundaries or your autonomy or your well-being. And this violation of your personal boundaries naturally leads to anger because it's a natural response to protect yourself. And when these boundaries are crossed, it is appropriate to feel anger. It helps with injustice and unfairness. Obviously, toxic abuse is manipulation, controlling. It's trying to, it's, it's very oppressive. So this is inherently unfair and unjust and unhealthy. And anger is a natural response to these, to the perceived injustices. It signals that something is fundamentally wrong or unjust. Emotional and psychological harm. Toxic abuse can result in significant emotional and psychological harm through the gaslighting and all the other techniques. So people that experience this gaslighting and emotional manipulation and verbal and nonverbal emotional attacks, all of this can provoke feelings of anger in response to this, which is definitely appropriate. It might be our only signal because sometimes these toxic manipulators are so skilled at manipulation that you really can't even detect it in any other way. So let that anger be your signal. This is a self-preservation instinct. Anger is a natural part of the fight, flight, or freeze response, which is hardwired into the human biology as a survival mechanism. So we need to use it and honor it. When somebody feels threatened or harmed, anger can trigger a heightened sense of alertness and readiness to protect yourself. You don't have to act on it, but just be aware of it. And processing these emotions of anger can be a very healthy way to release these pent up emotions. Just process them, look at them, explore them, journal about them, talk to somebody safe, a therapist or coach or a trusted person. Because people that have suppressed their feelings in an attempt to cope with abuse, anger can serve as a very constructive outlet for these emotions. Sometimes in sessions, I'll have clients draw pictures 
Of course, they're never really going to do these things, but even drawing this out, what you would like to see happen can help. It helps you set boundaries. It helps motivate you to make changes. And, and also you want to validate your experience. So acknowledging and expressing anger validates your experience. It confirms that what you went through was wrong and it was harmful. And this is a very crucial step in the healing process. Let's talk about the difference between the appropriate expression of anger and reactive abuse. A lot of people have questions about reactive abuse. They blow up, then they blame themselves. So reactive abuse is a term that is used to describe a situation where an individual who has been the target of ongoing abuse or mistreatment eventually reaches their boiling point. They eventually react in an aggressive, defensive, or emotionally charged manner towards the abuser. And then this gives the abuser what they wanted. You're basically handing whatever they wanted to them on a silver platter because what they want to do is unload their negative feelings. And now they can, now they can flip it around and say, look, you're the crazy one. So this, this reaction, reactive abuse, it might involve behaviors or statements that in isolation might appear abusive or aggressive, but they are in direct response to the abuse and provocation that the person has endured. Sometimes even abusers will record this and use it against them later. But they push and they push and they push because this is the reaction that they want. This is what unloads them. So the key characteristics of reactive abuse, keep in mind, they are the response to the provocation. It occurs as a reaction to ongoing mistreatment manipulation or abuse by another person. So the individual who engages in reactive abuse, in other words, when they become explosive, they are typically pushed to their limit by the behavior of the abuser. So it is defensive in nature. Reactive abuse is a defense mechanism. It is, it's often a defense, defensive response to protect oneself emotionally or psychologically. This is a last ditch effort to regain some sense of control or self-respect in a situation where the victim has been repeatedly disrespected or harmed. It is out of character of the, of the victim. It's, so that's another key characteristic. This is not typical behavior of this person. So the person that's engaging in reactive abuse might display behaviors or say things that are out of character for them under normal circumstances. They're not really trying to go around and be mean and be aggressive and be abusive. It is important to recognize that these behaviors are not representative of their typical behavior, but are a result of the stress and the provocation that they have experienced. There are complex dynamics in abusive relationships. There are complex dynamics where the abuser might deliberately provoke the victim to react aggressively. They do this. This can create the cycle of abuse where the abuser uses the victim's reactions as further justification 
for their own mistreatment and they use it against them. And then they, like I said earlier, they flip it around. It becomes your fault. And then you start to believe that it is your fault. And then you start to wonder. And this delays the exit from a toxic relationship because people might be ready to leave, but then they start thinking, well, you know, maybe if I just didn't do that, or maybe it's because I reacted that way. So these are all things to keep in mind. This is not an excuse for abusive behavior at all. While reactive abuse might be a response to provocation, it doesn't excuse abusive or harmful behavior. Both the initial abuser's actions and the reactive abuse can be harmful. And it's important to address and seek help for the underlying issues in such relationships. If you find yourself doing this, fine, go ahead and say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But explore it a little bit deeper. Is this reactive abuse? Because then you can take away all of the other programming behind that telling you that you're a bad person and that you're just as bad as the abuser. To differentiate between reactive abuse and the primary ongoing abuse that provokes it, focus on the intention. Ask yourself, is your intention typically to make someone feel bad for pure pleasure and benefit of making yourself feel better, or is it in response to being attacked, misunderstood, manipulated, violated, or abused in any way? Remember that anger, like any emotion, is multifaceted. It has multiple roles and potential benefits in mental health, but acknowledging and understanding our anger while also developing effective strategies for managing it and expressing it can contribute to a balanced and emotionally resilient life. Appropriate anger can have several benefits in terms of understanding emotional guidance and avoiding a knee-jerk response or reactive abuse from the brain's fight, flight, or freeze mechanisms. The point is you want emotional clarity and awareness. So experiencing appropriate anger, acknowledging it, allowing it can serve as an emotional signal that something is wrong and it might not be you. In fact, in most cases, it isn't. It is just that there is a threat to you in some way. The, the anger acts as a built-in guidance system, and it, it's to help you recognize and acknowledge situations that are not in alignment with your values or your well-being. So this heightened emotional awareness allows you to address issues, to recognize the issues and address them and then make the necessary changes. It helps you identify boundaries. It helps you know where your personal boundaries are. When you feel angry, that's an indication that someone has crossed a boundary or violated your sense of self-respect. And recognizing these boundaries is essential for healthy relationships, including the one with yourself and self-preservation. It helps to increase your own self-esteem when you know your personal boundaries. Anger serves as a motivation for change. It can be very powerful in getting you to take action and making a positive change in your life. It can propel you to address the source of your anger, whether it is advocating for yourself, setting boundaries, seeking justice, or making necessary life changes. We talked about how it can be channeled 
to constructively work with conflict resolution. It's also important to recognize it so that you can avoid the fight, flight, or freeze response. Take a minute to acknowledge the emotion, name it. That helps you get out of that automatic fight, flight, or freeze response. You want to recognize it and you want to address it and you want to address the underlying issues that are causing this emotion so that you can reduce the perceived threat if it's not, you know, an actual perceived threat. It might be some of that programming. Appropriately expressing your anger, well, first acknowledging it and then expressing it, can serve as a very healthy outlet for pent-up emotions. So this allows you to release built up tension, frustration, and resentment. And that prevents these emotions from accumulating and negatively affecting your mental and physical health. This anger is appropriate because it can empower you to advocate for yourself, stand up against mistreatment or injustice. And it reinforces your sense of self-worth. Anger, addressing anger and addressing the source of anger can also uh, help reduce stress. It reduces chronic stress when you confront and resolve issues that trigger your anger. And you can experience a sense of relief and, and a reduction in overall stress. Trust your wise inner being. Trust your higher self. Learning to handle anger appropriately is a valuable skill that contributes to all kinds of personal growth and emotional intelligence. And this helps you navigate other complex emotions and challenging situations with resilience. Because instead of trusting your programmed nervous system that has already been preconditioned to sometimes block or to sometimes in, you know, activate these alarms, instead of doing that, and, and they might be incorrect a lot of times, you want to trust your highest, wisest self. The emotion of anger serves as a very valuable emotional tool for understanding your own emotional guidance system, setting boundaries, motivating positive change, avoiding that fight, flight, or freeze response or reactive abuse. And so when managed and, exp and expressed constructively, anger can enhance relationships, communication, and overall emotional well-being. Please don't be afraid of your own anger. Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. It is important to give yourself the self-compassion that you deserve. And remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or if you want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com. Dot com.